The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free gaming community website at enjin.com. Listening to the Those Guys with Ships show, the Versecast Community Podcast. My name is John Abraham. Though he's had more than 24 hours of your time to get better, it's only been 15 minutes of our time, so Jimmy's still not feeling well. This is like the hyperbolic time chamber in Dragon Ball Z. What he said, yes. I am Gleep. We are Those Guys with Ships. This is episode 42 of our community podcast. Today is August 25th, 2945 Standard Earth Time. Happy birthday, Douglas Adams. He is 63.495890041 years young today, and he's dead. Godspeed, Wait, sir. Yeah. Douglas Adams? Douglas Adams. You didn't know he was dead? Who is he? Well, he's the author of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, for some, reason I, for some reason, I, I was thinking of, uh, um, what's his, the President Adams. He, he's been dead a lot longer than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and and Douglas Adams ain't from here anyway, so he couldn't be president. Oh, okay. But it's 42. It's the episode 42. 42 weeks we've been doing. Well, we've been doing a lot longer than 42 weeks, but 42 weeks, John. Not a lot longer. I feel like we've probably how many have we missed? Like five weeks. Yeah, so we're I, we're right around. It's right around a year, I guess. We're gonna have to go back and look and see when uh, the travesty that was episode one actually happened. <laughs> oh, it was fine. It was fine. It was not that. It was not. I just it was I, bad. It was horrible. I, I can't. Don't listen, listen to, it. to it. Yeah, don't listen to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you, Ronald Jenkins. Magnetic Moment is the new intro-outro track for uh, the Community Show. It's off of his album, his 2012 album, Days Away. And you can find that along with all of his fine music at www.ronaldjenkins.com. John, we have a visitor in the hangar. Ace is back. Hello. I've returned. Hi, Ace. Yay. What's going on? Where you been? Working. Um, I'm working with a new company now. Um, with a proper nine to five schedule, uh, oh, doing nice. proper IT. So I'm happy to be back. Um, which means that my Sundays, my Thursdays, and my Mondays <coughs> are finally free again. Excellent, excellent. Well, congratulations. It's um, uh, you're it sounds like you're much happier with the new job. Definitely. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, um, um, we're uh, we're happy to have you back, and and um, uh, you know, uh, hope that. Uh, that uh, you can continue to uh, be back for uh, many episodes to come. I'm hoping so myself. All right, cool. So we'll just segue right into our um, return of the squadron commander. So we were thinking that we are going to, uh, uh, going forward, have um, have a segment, a weekly segment from Ace, talking about uh, different things from the squadron commander's perspective. And so... Um, 
Ace, why don't you just kind of, um, you know, for the folks that have been uh, or may not have uh, heard episodes that you were on before, just talk a little bit about yourself uh, um, and your experience with uh, with flight games and, uh, um, and uh, you know, how, how you see your role fitting in the organization. I'm glad to know that this that virtual episode is a biopic for me. Um, firstly, uh, I got to say to uh, Jonto, Strong form opening with a Dragon Ball Z reference. I'm impressed. <laughs> um, as for myself, um, I'm Ace Azamine. I'm the squadron commander. Um, my job so far in the in the org is uh, teaching people how to fly um, and to participate in one-on-one and uh, squadron combat. Um, I have a pretty uh, lengthy history with flight sims. Um, along with some real-world experience uh, flight under my belt. Um, I got my start playing games like X-Wing Alliance and X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter. Um, Unfortunately, I did not get a chance to experience Chris Roberts' Wing Commander series until after I'd seen the movie, and then got curious. Um, But uh, So my history starts with those. Um, In high school, one of my old buddies introduced me to IL-2-1946, and that became sort of my bespoke um what did you practice just say game. bespoke what did you just say <laughs> have you never heard of the word bespoke oh my god did you feed him that <laughs> oh my no i'm very confused is there an in joke i'm not in on oh if you go back and listen to the previous episode you'll get it okay okay <laughs> I'm very right. frightened now. I'm going to go under the bed this for a little while. This is weird. No, I just have a very lo- very large vocabulary. Um, <laughs> in any case, um, it became my de facto game of choice when it came to teaching people. Is that better? What did you just say? No, it's okay. Keep going. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so um, between that and games like Free Space and Freelancer, um, Independence War... I've always had a fascination and a love of space sim games. So when Star Citizen uh, reappeared as a new, um, you know, as sort of a resurgence, it and Elite Dangerous and a couple of other games, I was super excited and got on board. Um, and when I got contacted with you guys, um, I began, you know, showing people and teaching people how to play. And then I think was it, I think it was you, Gleep, who said, "Hey, we want you to consider taking a more active role in the org." I think it was it was uh, both John and I. I. I don't have smart ideas like that all my own. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm responsible for teaching our gaggle of ducks how to fly properly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, as for the segment, I figured if we wanted a name, um, I figured in the loop was clever uh, because one of the most common maneuvers a pilot will do is a loop de loop. There you go. I like it. So good. So what do you what are you thinking about? I mean, we've uh, uh, you've you've been able to, to come out most Sunday nights and, and uh, you know, you've uh, you've suffered the, the trials and the tribulations uh, of all of us guys with ships in trying to get uh, arena commander to, to work properly. Kind of what, what's your your thought about the state of the game right now? And uh, are you are you feeling encouraged for the immediate future, at least from the squadron's commander's perspective, like you're going to be able to use Star Citizen as a. Um, a, a tool for uh, uh, teaching these skills? A teaching platform? Yeah. 
Um, I am hopeful. Um, I think we hit our stride last Sunday with the, our games of Capture the Core. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those those and hopefully um, game modes like uh, Free Flight might be our best area for teaching people and practicing if we mm-hmm. want to practice in Arena Commander. And that's primarily because those two modes um, allow people to join mid-match. Mm-hmm. I think our, our biggest issue, one of the biggest things that I was I was fighting when I first started trying to teach people in Star Citizen was uh, people kept dropping and, right. and or losing connection or things not working properly. Um, and it became difficult to teach when your students can't make their tools work properly. Right. Um, and so for, for a while, we gravitated and, and experimented with using other games and other equipment. Um, but a lot of games just sort of don't match what Star Citizen does. I mean, Star Citizen is really alone in its um, simulation style, its uh, gameplay style. I think the closest game I can think of is maybe Independence War, the Independence War series, and sort of that uh, Newtonian physics-style gameplay. And that's single-player. It's single the player. Six Degrees of Freedom, right? Yeah, Six Degrees of Freedom and Newtonian sort of like, uh, um, you know, move anywhere and move in any direction, um, you know, you can you can compl- you can orbit things in this in a way that you couldn't do in a in a normal flight sim. Mm-hmm. That sort mm-hmm. of sideways strafing action is something that you really don't see in a lot of games. And I include Elite Dangerous in this. They do some strafing, but it's not sort of as uh, uh, prominent as it is in Star Citizen. I think the flight models between those two games are 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 really different. Oh yeah, uh, wildly different. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think we figured out in, you know, because we tried several, as you mentioned, we tried several different games. And I think what we learned is that people that are, you know, part of this organization and, and part of our, our, our group want to play Star Citizen. So it's kind of hard to get traction in another game, you know, because people really, that's not why they've sought us out. That's not, right. you know, the, fo- the focus of this podcast. Well, or, and or we the- know that everyone has the game. Right. Right. It's the one right. game that we all know. I mean, and there are some games where practicing as a group would be good to do, uh, especially mm-hmm. large groups. Uh, Planet Side is a good example of that sort of thing, where you can have a large group of people um, that's stable, but it doesn't have the flight mechanics that Star Citizen has. It doesn't do dogfighting in the same way that Star Citizen does. So you right. can teach sort of anecdotal things, like this is how you fly together, this is how you work as a group, this is how you communicate. But you don't get any, I guess you'd say, rack time. You don't get any practice time in the, the craft that you'll be flying uh, in the game. And I think Star Citizen has, has become a long way uh, in terms of its ability uh, than it used to. I feel like the flight mechanic systems right now feel very solid. Mm-hmm. Technical glitches aside, um, when you're in your cockpit and you're blasting away at someone, it feels very stable. Yeah. Yeah, when it works, it works well. <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, you know, vomit or blood in my helmet or glitches in the helmet head popping out or your screen not working properly, they all happen. But when things are working well, it feels very, very visceral. So have, have you actually had vomit in your helmet? I've had blood. Yeah, I had that um, last night, too. I had... I it, the vomit I, is coming in the next update. Really? Oh, okay. um, I've had my pilot pass out from dizziness, mm-hmm. um, and I've had and I and I've 
heard a sort of what it sounded like a vomit uh, sound effect. <laughs> so I was I was practicing in my uh, uh, Gladius. I was doing strafing loops around a station, um, and I was just pushing as many G's as I could manage. And eventually, he didn't black out per se, but he sort of slumped over. Mm-hmm. And then when he came back up, I heard this gurgling sound effect. And I'm like, Ew. did he just vomit in his helmet? That's gross. But like he didn't black. It, it wasn't like a blackout sense. And sort of like, you know how the screen narrows and suddenly right. you, you you can't see. And only when the uh, um, uh, only when when is it, he sort of pops back up to things sort of clear up again. He sort mm-hmm. of did the slumping over animation, but his 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 uh, view never narrowed. So it was it was like I was like, well, that's weird and disgusting and new. Well, yeah, and you and you lose controls too. Like your yep. controls don't do anything. Yep. Yeah, which same is kind of same experience. The control I had lost control of the ship for a short while. Yeah. So. yeah. so in a real world situation, would you rather vomit in your helmet or die? I would think. Dying would probably be worse. Just gonna put that out there. Vomiting in my helmet. I mean, depending upon. Just what, think about it. it depends, Just think it about depends it. Upon what, I if mean, you die, if you die, you don't have to go through any of this. Keep Just in, instant death. Keep in mind, I, astronauts have vomited in their spacesuits before. Okay, but we don't want to think about that. <laughs> we don't want to keep that in mind. You asked. Um, and I mean, it just you know, you just work through it. I mean, it just like it's gross, but you just work through it. I would rather I would rather be able to come out of that, clean out my helmet, and survive for another day than to die personally. Okay, now Ace, the the blood that we experience in our helmets, in your experience uh, or your knowledge of uh, flight, where would that likely have come from? Um, I think in game the idea is that you get hurt or shot. I mean. If you're if you're vomiting up blood, coughing up blood in your helmet, something very wrong has happened in your and your your system. You you've ruptured a lung. Something's wrong with your uh, your esophagus or your throat. Uh, maybe you bit your tongue or something. And that's probably the most likely thing is that if if you've got flex, I guess I would say because what what we had in game looked like a splash. It was gross. Yeah, um, yeah. But I could see biting your tongue during a high G maneuver as being a common thing. Well, could G's cause like some sort of internal bleeding? That's pretty high G's. You're we're talking you're you're passing out well before then or you're you're engaged in in such prolonged combat that your organs are having a hard time keeping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, keep in mind that most most combat doesn't last hours. And that's just mainly because modern modern aircraft can't can't fly at combat speeds for hours. They'll run out of fuel before it ha- happens. Um, and you're not usually not experiencing really high Gs for long periods of time. You're pulling back on the stick. Uh, you get thrown into your seat for 30 or 40 seconds. And then the plane levels out and you begin to recover. Um, what about so. a nosebleed? Might you get a nosebleed do that? Oh, definitely. Okay. Let's go with nosebleed because then we don't have to vomit. <laughs> and you know, basically, we just we just take a, a a hanky and we just stick it up in our nostrils and we there keep flying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Nosebleeds, pressure. Nosebleed would definitely do it. Awesome. All right. Well, cool. Well, welcome back, Ace. We look forward to uh, the weekly in the loop uh, segment. Um, and uh, 
uh, all the exciting stuff that you're gonna gonna learn us so that we don't do we don't die quite so much so we don't we don't have to spend so much time uh, doing inheritance uh, stuff in game <laughs> when we get to that point all right so um real quick I think last week we mentioned in the um in the emails that we received, it was or it was either an email or an application I can't remember one or the other but um uh, a gangster did I say that right John no I didn't say it right it was, it was fine you're lying to me again. <laughs> um, he had mentioned that he has a retaliator, a vanguard, uh, and a hornet, and when he's not using them, uh, he uh, you know expects that he'll be happy to uh, let other folks use them. So uh, we've added him to the uh, the wall of awesomeness uh, of awesome guys. Um, uh, thank you very much, gangster. We really do appreciate uh, the team spirit. The those guys with ships team spirit. Are those and going into the org hangar of our mind? They are. They're already there, actually. They're virtual ships in a virtual hangar, and they live in our hearts. Um, and speaking of guys with ships, uh, we had, um, we teased this a little bit on yesterday's show, we had a Artemis uh, meetup uh, over at Avi Physics House here in Sacramento. And so uh, we definitely want to give a, a big shout out to, uh, to Avi for hosting that. So uh, it was um, uh, myself, uh, Avi, and Lacandi joined us. We uh, Vendus was was uh, we had hoped that Vendus could make it, but uh, it turned out at the last minute he couldn't. So we missed him, uh, Vendus. We hope uh, hope everything's all right. Um, but um, definitely, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Avi, a, a really nice guy. Uh, his family's very nice. Uh, there were several of his friends that were over. I guess that he he does this on a on a somewhat regular basis with them. Um, and his friends were all very nice and, uh, really, um, you know, they played, I'd never played Artemis before. Um, so they were all real helpful in showing, you know, how to do stuff. And, and we, we really had a, a, a lot of fun. Uh, have Ace, have you played Artemis? No. And I am extremely jealous of you. It looks like basically like Star Trek, the simulator. It is. It is. It's, it's so much fun. Um, and it's, the reason I know it's so much fun is because we, we played four games and uh, they they took between like about forty five minutes and an hour each, and the time just flew by. It was like all of a sudden you look, at, oh my god, it's it's almost midnight. What's going on? Um, but um, it it basically you you are it's like the 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 bridge of of uh, a starship, and you have one person that plays the captain. He typically does not have a he or she typically does not have a console. They're just sitting in the big chair and and giving orders, asking questions, and. You have um, a helmsman, an engineer, uh, somebody manning weapons, uh, a science officer, um, and a communications officer. And uh, so it's, um, I played the communications officer a couple of times, you know, because I'm on a podcast. I say, what is the, what does the comm officer do? Well, you get notifications uh, from uh, space stations, you know, saying, um, hey, we're under attack, come help us. Or, hey, you know, we have uh, just manufactured some more nukes. If you need nukes, we can uh, we can resupply you. Um, also, you can um, uh, in combat, you can uh, op- open a hailing frequency to uh, the folks that you're fighting with. And, uh, you know, you can either taunt them um, and the taunts are, are pretty funny because it's all, you know, kind of like point and click so the text is all predetermined but uh, you know the taunts are kind of kind of funny or you can uh, ask them to surrender and sometimes enemies will surrender so hmm. um uh 
but uh, the uh, I played the the engineer role in one game, and that was really involved. Uh, it it allows you to set up presets where you can have so much energy going to the different systems, and uh, you have to you have to balance energy and coolant to keep systems from uh, keep them functional and keep them from overheating. And so it's kind of tricky. Um, but, uh, so that would be something, I think a role that would, uh, require a little bit more practice. Um, but anyway, it was a, it was a really great time. Um, and, uh, you know, hope, uh, look forward to doing it again sometime. So I'm, I'm guessing there were a lot of Star Trek references to be had. Oh, plenty, plenty. Um, is the game like a predefined mission or how, how does the actual game work? So yeah, you load um, you load um, it's not really a map, but you load a scenario or a script, I guess it's called. He was what I think that's what Avi was calling them, um, and then it plays out where you have um, you. Uh, uh, it's obvious where you want to go, so you go to that place, and uh, it would either be to investigate um, uh, something that's gone gone wrong when somebody's being attacked or. Um, you need to, uh, you want to investigate like a, a, a derelict or something like that. Uh, there was one where there was, uh, there were space dragons, which were pretty cool. You know, kind of speaking of space whales, there were space dragons and they were actually like flying around. It was really kind of, kind of neat. Um, and so normally you, you, or at least in my experience in the four encounters that we did, you end up uh, you end up in a fight at some point. And uh, once you've defeated all the enemies, then the encounter is over. But you have to, you know, you have to strategize. You know, you have to manage your power. You may have to retreat and go back to a space station to reload uh, your um, supplies and your energy. Energy has to be um, has to be uh, either reloaded or if you can shut down and let it rebuild uh on its own it, it takes a, a long time so um but i that's just the, the the ones that we we played i think that there are um uh lots of different varieties and i'm i'm guessing i don't know for sure but i think that they have um that the user community also can create these uh these scripts and upload them and so you can download uh custom scripts and, and, and play those so but you know just great party game so it looked like in the pictures that um, Avi has a a projector, yeah, on the yeah. wall. And is that like what? It, what are you seeing on that screen? Uh, so that you can you can toggle it between the different. So the captain may say, "Give me the you know the the forward view," and you would actually see. Um, it's sort of in third person perspective, but you would see your ship and then you would see what, you know, what's going on around you. Uh -huh. uh, you, you could, he could put the science station up there where you would see a readout of, uh, of what scans are returning in the area. Um, he can also, um, put up, uh, uh, a map, which would, uh, show the different sectors and, uh, you would be able to see on a, on a grid layout where it is that you want to go and, uh, instruct the helmsman to, uh, to you know, either take you in that direction on impulse power, or you can move up to warp power and uh, and go at it that way. So, who's controlling that screen? Um, I believe the person that was controlling it is the was the weapons officer. Okay, was, the weapons officer was controlling what was on the main display. I believe I never did it, and I but I I played helmsman, engineer, and then comms officer twice. So. Oh. I never did it. I believe it was the weapons officer, but so everybody else has their own computer with 
sort of like a display like you would see on Star Trek? Yes, yes. Um, so the you know each each role has its own display, and uh, we were all on on separate laptops playing that. I'm That's amazed cool. that there isn't an L cars mod for this this game. L cars, by the way, it sound really nerdy. Is the name of the UI that's used in Star Trek? Oh, <laughs> how do you know that? Lots of bored internet searching. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there's gotta be. Yeah, you I'm think sure there'd be an L cars mod for 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 Artemis. I mean, if he's like like like, oh, well, do you have a game that allows you to to separate the different types of uh, modes from a single starship? I mean, it seems like, oh, well, then the next step is obviously to make it look like as much like Star Trek as possible. Yeah. I think that's what the developers meant for it to be. Because every time I've seen a video of them, like, showing it off, I feel like they were probably even wearing, like, Star Trek uh, uniforms. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, there's, I think if you go to their website, there's a, a video there that shows them, uh, a demo of them playing it and they're they've they've built even more than just uniforms they've built an actual bridge with <laughs> um with uh you know stations where they have touchscreen monitors mounted in to the the, the stations so yeah it, can you get great. it on like a tablet yep you can play it on oh. i've seen this you can play it on uh ios and and uh reader devices so you wow. can play it on a tablet yeah, what Avi was saying is that the um, that the two versions, and apparently this is developed by one guy, and uh, so there's just one guy working on it. So uh, updates are are kind of sporadic, um, and that the iOS version and the PC version are not really in sync. So oh. um, it's it's kind of I think that they can play together, um, but that it's the functionality is not uh, consistent across the two. So. But anyway, it was a it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So definitely, folks, if you're looking for a great party game and you have um, you know a, a bunch of laptops and a bunch of friends um, and uh, you know are a Star Trek fan, check it out because it's cheap. I mean, it's like I think you can buy a six license pack for something like thirty bucks. Oh, nice. Yeah. So the idea being that a six the six licenses are make up your starship. I would think you yes, I guess that would because you need um, you need one for each of the five roles, and then you also have um, uh, one computer that is um, uh, like there was one computer that was hooked to the projector that was projecting on the wall. So hmm. yeah, so I believe six six is what you need. I but would I, love to dig dig into the networking code of that game. Thinking about how the, all those have they have to communicate, that's got to be crazy. Net code. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Proxy. <laughs> Spork. <laughs> are we just shouting right. buzzwords now? Uh, no, we're John and I are calling back to a time long, long ago, like 45 minutes or so. All right. Um, so let's um, let's talk a little bit about last night. We had a Sunday night meetup, and we had uh, we had about uh, 12 or 13 guys that came out. Just real quick, Ace was there, Avi, Buckshot, Deus Invictus 7. Uh, he's a new member to the org, relatively new member. He was out there. Um, uh, he, he, I don't think he was in game with us, but he was uh, testing his mic setup, uh, chatted with him a little bit. Uh, Dietrich was there, Steel Toad Ninja. Um, that, he's a friend of yours, isn't he, Ace? Yep, college buddy. Okay. Yeah, cool. Uh, Tam Demoni was out there for a bit. Jonto popped in for a bit. Uh, Stag, Ajax, uh, Murtok, Lakandi, Solidusty, and Maj Noon, who uh, 
uh, popped in uh, and was asking some questions about how to use the hollow table. And so I, I just wanted to, to point out um, those two guys, uh, Deus Invictus um, 7 and Majnun, they showed up. They, they were not playing the game with us, but they were showing up to, um, you know, to get involved. And, uh, you know, if you if you want to come out, you know, and, and uh, you know, mumble is not always doesn't work all the first time, all the time. Um, uh, I've had issues with it before getting it to work right. So, you know, please, you know, new folks showing up, don't feel like you can't pop in there and say, hey, can you hear me? I mean, nope, we're happy to help with that sort of stuff. Um, and Majnoon had uh, some questions about he wanted to swap out some weapons on his ship, but he wasn't sure how to do that. So um, I found a, a YouTube video and sent it his way. Um, and uh, I think it was helpful. It, it uh, uh, kind of gave him an idea of at least where to start. So we're more than happy, you know, to answer questions like that. Don't feel like, you know, if, you, if you're coming out, if you haven't played the game, you don't, uh, you know, just ask we're because that's 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 why part of the reason why we're there is to uh, make this game enjoyable for everyone that wants to play the game that wants to come out and play with us so um don't don't feel like you know if you don't if you don't have you know if, if ace hasn't taught you yet uh how to be uh um the the pilot you can be um don't worry about that just come out and uh and fly with us and you'll get there eventually so there um, and last night we played Capture the Core mostly. Uh, it's I don't know Ace. It seems like it's the most stable uh, mode at this point. Stable and tolerant, because if you mm. drop from a game of Capture the Core, you can always rejoin. Yeah, yeah, good point. And we did a little bit of racing too. So um, I'm I'm real excited. I got my tickets today for the uh, Reno Air Races, and so oh I'm wow, a, I'm all fired up to uh, to to do some more uh, uh, racing in. Uh, in arena commander too i am supremely jealous of you oh man i'm I'm looking forward to it all righty so um this week in the community from around the interverse first 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 jimmy oh that's right he's not here john what are we gonna do Uh, i think we're gonna just try to get through it (laughs) i feel like i feel like that's a moment when you should have played some crickets maybe <laughs> well you know the high production values here um i, I don't i can't if, if we can't make the noise with our mouths it just doesn't tend to happen <laughs> anyway um uh, jimmy did pass along his notes so we'll we'll go through here and, and uh, try to hit some of the highlights um uh, on the twitter uh, uh force chuckle at force chuckle uh said uh posted a link to uh try the bass um uh by ronald jenkins a live performance uh it's very cool stuff um i'll include the link to uh to that video in the show notes um and then um john uh he has uh have you listed here uh, something to do about what's going on with arc yeah i just posted this uh little video that uh the devs posted of this new uh creature that they've added I think it's called the Gigantopithecus, and Ooh. it's sort of like a a big, a, like a Bigfoot type creature. Um, it's cool though because you can like ride it, sort of, um, like riding on its shoulders, and it can throw you over walls. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I just said that I wanted to get back into Ark because I was waiting for that guy. They like multiple times per week they come out with these um dozers is that how you say that word a mm. dozier doozier spell it for me 
Oh, D-O- dossier. Dos is that how you say it? D O S S I E R. I E R. Yeah. Yeah. Dossier. Do- oh, that's the word. It's a, French. Yep. A dossier. Yep. <laughs> Dozier. Um, the, <laughs> hey, I just say it how I read it, okay? Bespoke. Spork. You're the one that said that one. Dossier. They come out with dossiers for their new creatures that they're adding in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw that one a few weeks ago. And I just got really excited because I like large ape-like creatures. <laughs> so um, that might be might be the thing that gets me back into Ark. But the Ark devs have been just super good about adding stuff. They just they fix stuff really quick and they add stuff constantly. I like cool. how you're very specific on your interests. You're like, nah, nah, no, nah, no, nah. giant ape creature. I'm in. Let's yep, do this. That's all I need. All right. Uh, at Odin Omen uh, says that he likes diamonds in his wedding rings. That's just saying. Same. Oddly specific. Yes. <laughs> uh, at Confalone, Danny shows us the real Obi-Wan cannoli. Jimmy likes cannolis. Has anyone, I mean, uh, have you guys had cannolis before? I've had an ice cream yeah. cannoli. Not a real yeah. cannoli, though. Uh, I've had the cannolis. They're good. Leave the gun. Bring the cannoli. <laughs> <laughs> Bad choice. Um, and then uh, Freedom One reminds us that space is big with a link to at World and Science to an N at World and Science image showing how small our galaxy is in the grand scheme of the universe. Spoiler, it's really, really small. That I, I start, was crazy. I started started watching the, um, what is it, the Neil... Uh, uh, the Neil deGrasse, DeGrasse Tyson movies, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and he's, when he did the episode where he showed our solar system in the context of uh, the known universe, it was like, wow, <laughs> yeah, makes you feel makes you feel insignificant, don't it? Even more so than I normally do. Ah, well, yeah. To quote, um, to quote the late uh, Douglas Adams, "Space is big, really, really big." Um, and then at Aaron Ander asks, what's your preferred controller? And so now Ace, uh, we've, now that we've got the, uh, Star Citizen controller, uh, coming up on the horizon here, and I think by on the horizon, we mean within the next year or so, uh, what are your thoughts on it? We're talking about the one that was, uh, uh, revealed sort of, um, at Gamescom. I was amazed, shocked, happy to see it all. And then I cried very many tears because it's all right-handed. Wow. So that really makes that much difference, huh? You have no idea. Okay. Have you seen... Okay, so the picture... Of the, the the One of the pictures where it shows the keyboard and the joystick and mm-hmm. the, the stick on the left, or the throttle on the left, I could probably use that stick on the right, uh, that one, for the most part, just fine. It'd be a little uncomfortable, um, uh, but it would be a little difficult. Um mm-hmm. Whereas the picture on the very bottom, the high-end Star Citizen Hotas, that stick is de- is designed for a right-handed pilot. No doubt about uh, it. And the part okay. of the problem is, is, the, is there's a little thumb hat that's like beneath the, the main head. If you put your left hand on a stick like that, that little that little little head will dig into your palm like nobody's business. Um, okay, so my I have a question. Sure. And it it might be kind of ignorant. 
Okay. But why don't you just use learn to use a right stick? I have tried several times. It, number one, it, part of it is that you're going against 20 years of experience. Um, and and so I don't have the, the sense memory built up for it. Um, you know, if you, if when you, when, since, since you're not flying a real plane, when you're flying a real plane and you pull back on a yoke or on the stick, the plane will fight you because the plane wants to stay at equilibrium and it wants to stay in that place where all the forces are balanced. So when you pull back the stick or push down, you feel a resistance in a game. You don't really have that. So you have to learn how to move your hand by degrees. And so I've been doing this for 20 years with my left hand flying on on uh stick games so when i want to pull just very gently back on the stick if i'm say, say playing il2 and i just want to just lift off the ground real easy i have to really concentrate if i'm flying with my right hand on making those movements as careful as possible so if i'm flying in a combat scenario it becomes very difficult because in a combat yeah, but scenario, if you combat did scenario, it enough then you'd you'd get a hang of it I suppose it 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 just it feels really un- I, I don't know it's hard to describe it feels really unpleasant to try and fly right handed. Yeah. See, um, I'm not trying to like turn you to the no, no, light no. side or anything. I'm just <laughs> like in your best interest. It seems like if you were if you learned right handed, then you wouldn't have to worry about this anymore. So, do you ha- what do you fly with? Do you have a joystick? No, I just uh, mouse and keyboard. Okay. So, I'm trying to think of a good analog. I mean, do you are you do you write right-handed or left-handed? Right. Try writing a sentence with your left hand. Yes, I know. It's almost impossible. Exactly. That and it's it's the same feeling. It doesn't feel right. It feels frustrating and uncomfortable even though you know what the movements should look like. Yeah. I just feel like if I was into flight sims as much as someone like you and I was left-handed, I would probably try to learn right-handed just because I know that waiting for a good left-handed stick is probably hopeless. But if you've been doing it for 20 years with a left hand, I can understand why you wouldn't even want to attempt that because it will it would take you just way too long to learn that. Well, and I've attempted several times. Um, when my dad moved out of his house uh, and sort of was, was in, the, in, the, in the process of a sort of a little implosion, just sort of selling or donating or giving things to family and friends because he was moving into an apartment one of the things he gave me was his x52 mm. the SciTech, which is a standard you know full-scale hotas and i plugged that sucker in and tried to make use of it for a long time and just eventually just shelved it because i just couldn't get used to it yeah mm. well let's hope that they uh they put out a left-handed version I, you know, when, when one of the comments, when they first said that they were going to do this thing, I made a comment on the RSI forums. I was, and it was called a plea for lefty HOTAS. It was all about just that. Like, please, please develop a HOTAS that is at least, at least ambidextrous. It's not like a Willie Nelson album, lefty HOTAS. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's hope that they heard you. Um, Okay, um, a couple of other uh, mentions here on the Twitter. At uh, Tapascoid finally joined us over uh, at, the, uh, at the RSI website, which is interesting. I mean, he seems like he's been around for a while, so um, it's good to have him on board over there. And I think he just joined us recently on the website too, John, didn't he? Yeah, he did. 
Yeah. Um, and Jernavy offers further proof of space whales through a NASA article stating astronomers find largest, most distant reservoir of water surrounding a huge black hole. How we have a reservoir of water surrounding a black hole, I do not know, but I'm going to include the link so you can go find out for yourself. That seems impossible. Yes, what you said. And then my favorite, uh, my favorite thing of the week is that somebody, um, and the user is Androway, um, over on the RSI forums, he created an actual emergency guide to go in the seat backs of the Starliner uh, uh, spaceship. Safety instructions for the Starliner spaceships. He made like real world three, 3D like laminated like instruction cards showing the emergency exits. You're not allowed to have weapons on board, no pets, um, and how to uh, uh, exit the plane uh, properly. And also uh, how, you know, be sure to put your oxygen mask on the little ones first before putting yours on. So Oh, well, these are the ones uh, that were released with the ship. They were on the, the, the page. The he RSI. Must have, so did he create physical versions then? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Uh, so, so those cards that nobody ever actually looks at then. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now the next step, of course, is that someone needs to make a snazzy song, a, a la Virgin Airlines, about how to safe how to buckle your belt safety. There you go. There you go. They have All... a song. Have you not seen this? No. Look it up on YouTube at some point. Virgin Airlines created a sing-along song about airline safety. Oh, boy. Wait, do they sing it, like, while uh-huh. you're on the plane? No. Well. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jonto's paint. Oh. oh it no. reminds me of the fake happy birthday song they sing at restaurants. The happy, because... happy birthday. We hope your dreams come true. Like, no, that's not. Why... Why is it that no one pays the rights to sing the real happy birthday song? Is it it must be like extremely expensive. I think I'm I guessing. think nobody does it because everybody else mostly thinks it's stupid. I mean, that really? they have to pay the rights? They, right. But somebody owns the song. I feel like that's I mean be a they song wrote that... it and they own it. Yeah, but I sort of feel like happy birthday should be public domain, honestly. Yeah, but just because something is used a lot doesn't mean it should be public domain. I suppose. It's just, it happens to be the song that everyone has picked up and uses, you know, privately. I don't know why. I don't know how. I just learned about this whole happy birthday trademark thing a couple years ago. Even though I've been singing it my entire life. You owe somebody some money. (laughs) <laughs> probably i wonder if it's legal for them to sing it at schools i i don't know i don't think anyone has bothered to care that much and i suggest we follow suit all right so hey, John... i care about that subject <laughs> oh god i was so close to getting us out of this i know right <laughs> All right, so John, what's going on on the verse cast forums 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 forums, forums. well Avaphysics posted a uh, trailer to this game called Lovers in a Dangerous Spacetime. It's a two-dimensional, multi-crew, arcade type game. Oh. Um, it's a... So it's multiplayer. I think it's only a local 
two-player multiplayer. No online, unfortunately. Um, but it's a 2D game uh, where you have a ship that is kind of circular, and there are multiple stations inside the ship, um, and then weapons and shields and stuff that you can upgrade. Um, and it plays sort of like um, Geometry Wars, I would maybe equate it to. Um, so you have your ship and it's kind of slow moving, but there's a bunch of stuff coming at you around the edges and, uh, you have to, you know, go to the different stations to do different roles. And honestly, it looks super fun. It looks really cool. And it has like this, this, uh, neon art style to it. Um, I think I put, yeah, it comes out on uh, September 9th on PC and Xbox one and, it just looks looks really cool. So you should uh, look up the trailer. Lovers in a dangerous space time. I'll probably pick it up. Unfortunately, I wish it had online co-op. Like if it had four player, or four or six player co-op, that would be a pretty cool game for us to play as an org. So it sounds more like a party game, huh? Yeah, I think so that's it, what it. But it's only two players, which I was kind of surprised to see. So Small it's party. called it's called Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Yeah. That sounds like a bodice buster. A who? What? Okay, so bodice... Keep moving, just keep moving. <laughs> I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. Um, name that ship. Uh, posted by Lucivar. Uh, he was talking about his uh, ideas for ship naming. Um, he thinks that the is only for larger ships. <laughs> um, and he thinks that maybe we shouldn't use... Uh, uh, current day references um and will ship names be broadcast to others in the universe and should your ship be numbered after it's blown up i think they're all pretty interesting questions so uh head over to the forums to give your input on that cool um so dietrich had an extensive extensive post called 121 minute vandal swarm game Good Whoa. Yeah. So I guess what happened was he joined a game with a bunch of people that had no idea what they were doing, <laughs> and they died by wave nine, and he was the last person throughout the whole game. And it, it made him think about the uh, sort of AI patterns that happens with the Vandal, um, and he figured out a bunch of ways to sort of game the system. Hmm. Uh, so that's an interesting read. He has a, quite a twenty-nine minutes. Yeah. Um. So I think he just spent that time sort of analyzing how they fly, uh, and he wrote up all of his thoughts. And uh, I think he he recorded a video as well. So that's kind of cool. Um. Dietrich also posted about Ace's idea to uh, fill the RSI uh, leaderboards with those guys with ships. Uh, to promote the org and to oh, just feel special. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think those guys, Ace, were you there? There was a meetup for that um, that event to uh, try to work together as a team to get on those leaderboards. Well, we were, it was, it was just an idea. We had never planned an event of any kind, at least not that I'm aware of. Um, but the idea was simply that if, if, if we play, you know, something like capture the core often enough, um, 
that and we do it on a on a consistent basis we will probably start appearing on the boards and people will get curious at, about who tgws is especially if large numbers of us start showing up as groups yeah um and i think it's a good idea i think i think number one it's a great place it, it's it gives you a reason to practice other than just because uh you feel like it um it gives us a goal to work towards yeah yeah well he came back after i guess you guys played for a bit or something um and said that you guys won every game you played and i guess that's just due to the fact that you are using teamwork while the other team is probably just a bunch of random people that's true and also a good point is that often more often than not when we're playing capture the core uh, we're also playing against other TGWS members. Oh, okay. So is there a way right now for us to field a team and then go in and play against other non-guys with ships? You can. Yeah. T- uh, the the system currently allows you to group. I mean, this is something that we've been we've been waiting for for a long time. Um, currently, it the game will you know party drops or game freezing notwithstanding conserve party groups across uh, uh, lobbies and across games. So as you jump from one game to another, so long as you're all still in the party together, you'll jump into that game as that group of people. Um, so I could take like four people in a, in a TGWS team and we could go jump into a game of squadron battle and we would hopefully, again, assuming all things are working properly, appear in-game all on the same team together. Mm. Okay, okay. Cool. Yeah, so uh, in that thread, I suggested that we append uh, TGWS to our monikers, which is the the name that appears in-game, and you can easily edit that on the RSI forum, um, or on the RSI site, um, so that everyone would have that tag in front of their name, at least until they add some sort of official org tags. Um, so... Then Abaphysics went and created a thread dedicated to that, and a bunch of people have already done it. So it's just TGWS, all caps, space, and then the vertical line thing. Is there a word for that symbol? It's a pipe. A pipe. Yeah, it's a pipe. It's a, <laughs> I've it's never a, heard that before. It's a programming thing. Okay. Yeah, a... a pipe. Mm-hmm. It's called the pipe, yeah. Put it's... the pipe and then another space and then just your name. Um, so... A bunch of people have already put it on there. If you want to show up TGWS in game, I think it'd be pretty cool if like if we join in game and then there's some randoms in there and they see that that all of us have it on there, mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty neat. So um, it's a nice bit of psychological factor too. If you see a bunch of people popping in with TGWS, like oh god, they're a squad. And then we yeah. start playing Flight of the Valkyrie. That's beautiful. Yeah, do it all at one once together, like in harmony. Right. Uh, okay, so Turd still needs one to three people for uh, the TGWS fantasy football. So uh, if you're looking to do some fantasy football, you should come join us. I'm not doing it because I'm not into football, and I don't know really what fantasy anything is. But uh, <laughs> if you're into that stuff, uh, Umaroth is trying to recruit his friend who isn't into Star Citizen, and he said uh, he said that there's no balls in Star Citizen. And I corrected and said that there is a ball. Say to ball. He might be into that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he should tell his friend. Maybe he'll... Say, uh, 
what about capture the core? That those little floating that's, energy balls. That's a core. Oh, is good it a point. ball? It's an energy ball. It's spherical. <laughs> spherical. Spherical. Um, <laughs> Gleep has been unmasked. I don't know who that guy was. We, we <laughs> there is a picture of the man himself in the forums. You can see him for yourself. It's great. It was it was a sight to behold. I'm happy that it finally got out there. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. I fear the Photoshop. Well, no. I know that I know that the first thing I'm going to be looking up after the podcast. You're a very handsome man. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh the lemmings were staged. So, um, <laughs> yes. Gek posted some links about the lemmings. Yes, he and... sent an email too. Yeah, he's, oh. he's got an opinion about this. <laughs> oh, okay. Then we'll talk about it there, because okay. um, I I read the Snopes article about it. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, don't forget if you are a new member or if you're an old member and you haven't made an introduction thread, just head over to the general chat forum, and in there is the introduction sub forum. Just make a new thread and uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us what kind of ships you have, what kind of games you're into. Um, just, uh, you know, even if you are an old member, we would still like to know who you are. Um, and if you're just browsing the forums, make sure to check that sub forum so that you can say hi to the new people. Cool. All right. And speaking of the organization, guys, we just got a ton of stuff here. So we're going to run through it uh, lickety split. Uh, we are now 191 members strong. Yes, indeedy. Like John said, we're getting close to 200 here. Uh, since last time we uh, recorded, Starbuck joined us. He said, hi, I found Star Citizen through I Am a PC Game trailer on YouTube. Ever since then, I have been hooked. I think everything about this game is amazing, and it's so nice to see the development process, although this can be frustrating at times. I stumbled upon your podcast. Ouch, watch out for that. <laughs> well, which is amazing, by the way. A few weeks ago, and am loving my weekly Star Citizen news. I currently have an Aurora LN in Hangar, and I have been waiting to get a Constellation for a while. Question, <clears throat> excuse me, is it worth getting the Constellation now, or should I wait for updates or multi-crew? Starbuck, what do you guys think? Um, Is there any benefit to waiting? Not really. Not that I can think I of. I don't think. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I guess maybe you'll get a better idea of what you're you're getting into. But if you want the ship already, then why not? Yeah. I guess if thing... you did want to fly it, I don't know if it'll be available in the rec store. Probably. Um, but if the constellation is going to be modular like the Retaliator, you may and you want to wait to see which which um, modules are available are going to be available. You might, you know, so you could buy the base hull and then module to taste. Yeah, but that makes sense. Do you think it'll be modular after they've already shown off all of the the variants that they have? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, good point. I don't know. I I say buy it now. Yeah. Yeah. Drink the Kool-Aid. Come on board. (laughs) All right, Tabascoid has joined us at the RSI forums. We mentioned that it's a little bit. It's about time. Yeah. We've seen so, him on Twitter forever. Forever. 
Hey folks, I've followed you guys for quite a while now, Twitter and the weekly podcast, and to me, you still create the impression that it's fun to hang around with those guys with ships. Thank you. On several occasions, I thought about an application, first, when you played Planetside 2, but then I realized you are playing on another server. I'm from Europe, Germany, so Miller was my first choice. Apparently, he would have difficulty hooking up to our Planetside server. Not really. We're on Emerald. It's just that the... the if you have a character on on one server you have a lot of stuff there then it's 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 difficult to transfer over cuz a lot of that stuff doesn't make the jump there's gotcha. no transfer yeah gotcha okay and then the second reason when ace was a co-host of versecast for one episode and he said that they should try to not accept every application without a quality check <laughs> I what i don't remember you I, saying that i don't believe i said that uh, we, we we hopefully did not give that uh, give not that did not give that impression. We but only accept the... we only accept quality members, and all of our members are quality. That's right. But in the end, I decided to wait f- at least the very latest for episode forty-two of the podcast before I made a decision to apply or not. Yesterday, I talked to Matt Nighthawk about our organizations on Skype, and then I realized that episode 42 is the next one. That's this one. We're recording it right now. And he told me He told me that you guys are cool. I'm kind of picky eater when it comes to joining organizations, guilds, outfits, etc. Because I, insert very long story here, short version, because I'm a cheerful guy in general, excessive social drama and power plays make me sad. And that is, among other things, one of the reasons I joined Explore. They are so huge that I hope these dramas may pass by without me even noticing it. The second org I'm a part of is Luigi's Pizzaverse. That sometimes <laughs> changes its name to Sancho's Taco Hut. Or whatever. <laughs> depending on the mood of our crew. Uh, Pizzaverse is a bunch of real-life friends and family members from my hometown. Some of us play to- have played together since the 1990s. We are planning to go for treasure hunting and smuggling when the PU goes live. And then he lists his qualifications here. He says he will be able to compete in multiplayer when, or let's see, he was able to compete in multiplayer when X-Wing versus TIE Fighter was a brand new title. Nowadays, he may be the worst Arena Commander fighter pilot that you'll ever meet. I kind of doubt that. But I'm, because I've got that locked up. Uh, but I may come in handy if it comes to scouting, smuggling, bombing, hacking, electronic warfare, warfare and or dirtbag tactics sabotage in the fps i'm only 35 years old but the reflexes some of these kids show off today make me feel old cheers and happy 42 thank you tabascoid for the record ships he has an avenger uh reserved uh for the e-war variant i hope there's an e-war variant maybe uh herald reclaimer uh 50 of it yeah the other half belongs he's sharing a reclaimer with his wife that's wow <laughs> By the way, nice. I am. I want to meet this guy. Uh, X-wing vs. Tie Fighter when it was in the heyday actually had full competitive fleets and organizations. Cool. So that sounds pretty intense. You listen, Tabascoid. Come, come on out. Hook up with Ace. He wants to play with you. Uh, Deus Invictus Seven, who I mentioned last, was out last night. He says, "Hey guys, um, I've been following your podcast for a while now, and thought being part of your org would be a fun time." I've been trying to find a good org that I would fit into well, and the environment you guys have via your podcast and the forums seems to be the ticket. So far, I have a Super Hornet and a 325A as my starting ships. I'm fighting the temptation to get more, since I want to have things to work up to in the final game. Well, bring your bring your Super Hornet out and come fly with us. Now that now that you have your uh, your mumble all figured out, uh, 
come on out and and uh, and fly with us, uh, Deus Invictus Seven. Amontillado joined us. He said, uh, enjoy the show. Seems like a nice group of folks. And uh, folks that listen to uh, other podcasts may um, uh, may recognize the name. He is a frequent contributor to uh, the Guard Frequency podcast. He always has uh, very insightful questions that he asks. And I confirmed uh, that he is actually uh, one and the same. So, um, and uh, welcomed him to the org. Uh, it's, uh, it's nice to have thoughtful people uh in in the group to uh bounce stuff off of and uh you know uh work these things out in the forum so yes welcome what i I said yep you're right good (laughs) johnny 11b joined us he said hello i'm friends with vendus and will most likely be flying with him i've only got the most basic package an aurora i think and flying is not my main goal. I'm a terrible flyer, but on the ground, I expect I'll be much better. I've signed up on the website, but I'm not sure what else is needed. So I welcomed him and responded, nothing else is needed. Just show up and have fun. You know what's uh, funny about him saying he's not a good flyer is right now he's on Mumble in the Elite Dangerous uh, probably playing with Probably playing with Vendus. He's actually yep. not that bad. Uh, uh, we were playing with him. It was me, uh, Steeltoe, and Joe Stags were playing armor with him, and he handled those helicopters with with uh, a fair amount of grace. I was impressed. Yeah. All right, and then we uh, mentioned uh, Mr. Geck earlier. He joined saying, first of all, lemmings don't jump off cliffs." <laughs> The reason people believe this is because of a film called Wild Wilderness. This film was produced by Walt Disney Productions in 1958. There is controversy as to how the lemming actually fell, or was it pushed off the cliff into the sea? Second, I would like to join. Third, (laughs) free ships are always welcome. First, lemmings. Second, I would like to join. (laughs) Third, free ships. Well, um... (laughs) Uh, number one, I, I, I'm, I'll take your word for it. Number two, you're on board. Number three, I'm sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> the, lemmings, right. the lemmings situation is alarming. So Disney, I don't know, nobody knows how much involvement Walt Disney himself had with this, if he had any idea what was going on. But I guess what happened was they got a bunch of lemmings from the Arctic or something and Mm -hmm. brought them to Alberta, Canada, I think, and just threw them out in the prairie or something. And then they rigged up some kind of turntable that made them fall off a cliff. And then they basically pushed them into the ocean. And then the lemmings tried to swim away. And since the water was too big, they couldn't swim to the other shore and i think it might have been the ocean and And they they just died they drowned yeah that's atrocious that's a sad story it's it's really bizarre i don't that is terrifying yeah i don't at first i thought you know maybe because if you watch the video you can you can guess the part where they did where they had some kind of like physical involvement um, and it looks kind of weird. They're like tumbling down this hill kind of un- in an unnatural way. Um, but they don't seem like they're harmed at that point. And then they get to the edge of the cliff and it seems like maybe they didn't have any other choice but to jump off. 
and then they get into the water and they're they seem fine and then they swim away but it, they must be just trying to get away because they're not in a place that they are accustomed to because they just shipped them there it's just the weirdest thing and like it's turned into like a saying like people think that lemmings are creatures that just randomly suicide but that's not even true and a lemming i didn't know what a lemming was i thought it might be some like kind of bird that couldn't fly or something but it's just a kind of like a like a hamster yeah they're rodents it's a rodent yeah yeah so I don't know if you want to, you know, it's from white. No, not, I think it's white wilderness, not wild. Oh, um, okay. White wilderness. There's a clip on YouTube of it. And then there's the Snope article, the Snopes. Do you guys ever read Snopes? Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you can trust Snopes. I, I hopefully there has to be some site that you trust. And if it's going to be any site, it's got to be Snopes. So Snopes explains the whole thing. It's interesting to read about. What about space lemmings? They don't have those yet. How do you know? They haven't been discovered. They were in that uh, commercial for the Constellation. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I've got a cargo of space lemmings to drop off at Walt's house. All right. New Versecast members over on the website. We have MDK504. We have Slagatron. Tapascoy joined us there as well, as did Deus Invictus 7. Guncon22. Aronander. Aronander. Johnny11B and Outrageous Okuna. Okuna. I guess I Okuna. 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 I thought that might be Hawaiian. You know, it it sure feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I like me some Hawaiian. Um, emails, guys. We got a bunch of emails, too. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Just, man, the, the community is just popping here. Uh, TJ, uh, TJ Booker uh, sent us an email. He said, guys with ships, Iron Man here with a couple of topics for discussion. I plan on exploring the majority of the time. I was considering how exploration could be used as a profession. The more I thought about it, the more I realized that this could be the most flexible and risky, in terms of payout, job to choose. I could only really think of a couple things an explorer could do, such as finding new mineral-rich asteroid fields, finding, repairing, and selling derelict ships, probably the biggest payout, and plotting new jump points. But thinking about finding derelict ships or capturing a ship, once you have it, can you get insurance on it? If so, what about alien ships? Keep on being awesome. So, guys, what do you think? I would imagine getting insurance on a on a derelict ship that you find and fix up wouldn't be that hard. I mean, you just bring it you bring it to the the dealer or to the insurer and say, "Here's my ship. Go inspect it. How, tell me how much is it worth for the deductible or the you know for whatever whatever method that they have of getting insurance on a ship. Uh, if it's a human made ship, it's probably not that hard. Alien ships, that's gonna be a little bit more difficult, probably." There's there's going to be maybe a mechanic for getting clear title on a on a vessel. Yeah, I would imagine so. I mean, I can't imagine like if you manage to capture a glaive or a um, perhaps even more difficult like a scythe, and you bring that somewhere and you want to get that insured, they'll be like, sure, but it's going to cost you an arm and a leg to do it because where are we going to get those parts? Yeah, that 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 could be true. Um, I, I think, uh, that probably the, um, uh, 
let's see the was he asking about uh, the professions that would be uh, most rewarding i think he was just just commenting that that uh ex- exploration would be the most volatile basically you're, you're 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 never doing the same thing and what you find will dramatically change how much you get you make out of it i imagine if you went and you you know one day you find a, a rect aurora and you make enough to pay for a cup of coffee and some gas for your ship and then one day you find uh a vanguard that ran out of oxygen and is in pretty much mint condition except for the cockpit and you make a, a, a killing off of it yeah so yeah well, maybe Tabascoid uh, uh, and his wife can uh, take the reclaimer over and uh, you know just crunch them all up and make money that way. Yeah, that's possible. There you go. All right. Jernavy sent us an email. He said, Dear guy, those guys with ships, while listening to this week's podcast, I made a note of two things that stuck out to me. One, the size of our org, and two, a bit was said on how a major event could change the game in years to come. This got me thinking, exactly how much impact or influence will orgs and or players be able to have in game events? Example, would an org declaring war on another org or something of that nature make a real difference? Thanks, Trinavi. P.S. Keep up the good work. Um, I, it's interesting. I, you know, I, I think that kind of goes back to, um, uh, uh, you know, how, what kind of control the, uh, the game master is going to have over the economy and... Um, if uh, he's going to, he or she or they are going to have um, uh, uh, the ability to monitor org, um, org, um, uh, not inspired, but uh, initiated events and uh, plug those parameters into the system at large. I think it's worth pointing out that we already have an example of a case of this, and that is Operation Pitchfork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll be real interesting to see how that works. I think I think it's a it's a it's a good experiment. I'm looking forward to uh, participating in it. So is he disappointed or happy about the size of our org? Yeah, I'm not sure about that either. He didn't he didn't say much about that. But you know, I was um, the other night I was talking to Lacandi, and he was saying that he's very happy with our org. He was telling me that he has a lot of experience uh, with WoW orgs or WoW guilds. And uh, he said that we've got, a, in his experience, we've got a really good group of people right now. And uh, he thinks that it's a really good size, too. So um, I, think, I think there's something to that. I think we could stand to grow a little more, but I hope we don't oh, get sure. too big. It's worth no. pointing out that we have at the moment, it feels like we have a, a, fairly, like a, a fairly regular fraction of our org that shows up. Yeah, and as the org grows, that faction of players who are readily available will also grow. Well, as the game, as more parts of the game come online, I think that's going to increase uh, people coming out too. I gotta say, when the org, when Star Citizen becomes a full time thing, Jonto, this mumble server is gonna have to have to jump in size quite a bit. I'll imagine. We'll have to contact Engine about that. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what it'll be like if you have almost the entire org on at once? It'd be crazy. We we couldn't hold them right now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I would be happy with like a thousand members in, in the org on RSI. I feel like if we had around that, then, you know, the mumble and everything would be sort of in a place where everyone be, would be able to play at all hours of the day. Yes. 
Makes sense. Yeah, so I think uh, that's, that seems like like the sweet spot, if you will. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Genevi, for that. I hope we answered your question. Uh, John Two sent us an email. He said, what? "Hello." Okay, well, I'm getting there. Hold on. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. I really enjoy your program. You all display a great knowledge of the game. I was wondering if you had any thoughts on pest mitigation and eradication in the PU. I am a pest mitigation technician in real life, and I would consider it a shame if a game as complete and immersive as Star Citizen did not include this vital yet underappreciated profession. Landing ships on foreign worlds will expose our space-faring homes to the dangers of invasive, possibly disease-spreading species from all over the galaxy. I'm sure that some captains will be tempted to use cheap, watered-down pest control products from the space hardware store. The <laughs> captains who care about their ships and the health of their shipmates will want to procure the services of a person who is licensed and highly trained in the art of deploying state-of-the-art pest control products which are too powerful to be used by civilian consumers who lack the training of a professional pest mitigation technician. What are your thoughts? Sincerely, the other John Toe. <laughs> oh, man. Is his name actually John Toe? That's that's what it says, yeah. <laughs> that's what it says. Oh, that's great. I, I was, I when I first saw this, I replied back to him because I thought it was you. And I said, oh, okay, I get it. Pretty cool. Thanks for, thanks for the submission. And then I realized, <laughs> wait a second. No, it's not the only, it's the other. <laughs> it's like that scene in Ferris Bueller where the principal is talking to Cameron and he thinks it's uh, Ferris. Uh-huh. And to the, it is Ferris, but he's, he's doing an impression of his father. No, of, no, uh, it's Cameron. Oh, that's right. It's, no, he thinks it's uh, the girl's father. Yeah, that's right. it's actually Cameron, but then Ferris comes on the other line. That's right. <laughs> and he's like, I'll put you on hold for a moment. Pull, pulls Cameron back on the line. He's just like, I'm sincerely very sorry, sir. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, the other Jonto, I, 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 you know what? Thank you for that. <laughs> and now, now I have I have one more thing to go to bed being scared of space bugs. I was gonna say, depending upon how big the pests are, are we looking at flamethrowers or pesticides? I'm yeah, I'm thinking it's something like uh, in uh, Prometheus, you know, where it's gonna be that really cool. Uh, 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 what's her name with the space thrower or the flamethrower? Yeah. I've been playing a lot of Alien Isolation the last couple of days. I was just streaming it on Saturday for people to watch and, and on Sunday. And uh, I'm not excited about space pests. That scares the Jesus out of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then Marco emailed us. He said, hi, another fan from Germany here with a big thank you. First, listen to your shows in early July on our way to family vacation in Denmark. The wife and the girls fell asleep, and I looked for some entertaining Star Citizen content for my headphones. Found the verse cast and the Those Guys with Ship show and enjoyed both of them. Since our return, I love it when I can listen to your shows on the way to work or back home. You guys have a very nice, polite, humorous, and entertaining podcast with so much Star Citizen in it. And one thing important for a non-native speaker, I can understand you. Slow and nice pronunciation for my alien ears. Love the shows. Love your embracement towards the community and your listeners. My German-speaking org consists of pilots from Austria, Denmark, 
I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but it's it's Switzerland. Yeah. Um, And Germany is set up exclusive, so I won't join your org, but I'm looking forward to meet you uh, someday at some space station or planet side bar. Keep it going. Safe flights and see you in the verse, Marco. Wow. Our pronunciation must be incredible if they can understand us in Germany. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, I was telling Mrs. Glee, I think, you know, that's that's really cool to think that our voices are like playing on the other side of the the planet, you know. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and then like, you know, if they stop at a stoplight or something and their windows roll down, it's like, you know, we're it's, Yeah, it's who almost... was it that said that they had to they have to pull over to laugh? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot who that was. Yeah, very um yeah, that's very humbling. Thank you. We appreciate the, that kind of feedback. And then Marco uh, sent another email. He said, uh, I forgot to ask, what is the app game you mention in the shows uh, from time to time? <laughs> the toilet app. The toilet app. <laughs> Mickey it's, bot on the toilet. Mickey bot on the toilet. He can't find it. If uh, He said, if we answer this on the show, please spell it. Cheers, Marco. Oh. Uh, well, our Mickey bot expert is not here tonight, so uh, we'll have to remember to hold on to this one until next week. I, uh, downloaded, I downloaded it recently. Oh, you did? Yeah. Let me try to find it. Um, Makes for thrilling did... audio. Yeah, so just vent for a second. Uh, by the way, that's vamp, not vent. It's the same thing. <laughs> Venting suggests I'm angry at you, which maybe I am. Maybe you're you're holding things up, Jonto. I'm dis- I'm greatly disappointed. That's right. I can't find it. Bug smash. I don't know. I'll have to wait for the toilet master himself. <laughs> I think we have to wait for the toilet master. Right oh now man. He's, he, the toilet master is couch surfing tonight, so <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, Marco. We will get that information for you. Um, all right. And then uh, iTunes, we did get a review from uh, Aaron Bronander, um, who That's I think probably is probably Aaron Ander. Yeah, Aaron Ander, I'm guessing. Um, he says, great show, five-star rating, entertaining cast. They keep me interested, and they always seem to have the best Star Citizen news. I also like that they have at least one show a week so I can get my Star Citizen fix. We're, we've been uh, averaging two shows a week for a little while now. True. Yeah. So, Thanks uh, for the review. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Twice, twice the content for half the price. We have better news than everybody else. That's nah, not true. Um <laughs> Let's got two. Let's get too high on our horse here. Yeah, we can, we can, uh, we can, sir, talk about hey, it. He's though. the one that said it. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, well, guys, man, we got through that. I, I was, I was scared there for a minute. It was just I mean, fourteen pages of show notes. Good lord. Yeah. All righty. So, um, uh. You know, uh, we've got, uh, what do we got coming up? We're hoping, uh, I think Ace, we were talking in the last show um, before you joined us that uh, we're expecting possibly a release of the social module coming up uh, this this Friday because if they're going to get it out before the end of the month, it's got to be this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so, so maybe we got that up. But uh, absent that, we've got uh, our Sunday meetup coming up uh, this uh, next Sunday. And... Um, I, you know, I think that's about it. You know, like as we've said many times before, um, please do come out uh, and just uh, check the uh, the Mumble server uh, when you've got some time to uh, to hang out online. Um, and don't, uh, John also mentioned in, in the earlier show, don't um, trust the website because there seems to be a problem with the 
the plugin or whatever it is that shows who's online on the web page. Um, actually log on to the server. You can set it up so you, you drop into the AFK uh, uh, room so or the AFK channel so you don't have to worry about dropping into the middle of a bunch of people if you don't want to. And then see who's actually um, online. You know, so yeah, when you when you exit the server, it leaves you when you join back in, it'll put you back in the channel that you left in. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, there might be a way to change that. But um, what I typically do is I go to AFK before I log out. That way, when I come back in, I'm in AFK and I don't have to awkwardly talk to whoever happens to be in the channel I wound up in. It, it's good mumble etiquette. Yes. Good mumble and, etiquette. And the AFK channel automatically mutes you, so you can't, it's not even possible to talk to somebody. It's like right. close, closing the door on the way out. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Leaving the campground a little cleaner than you found it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, guys, um, so if I wanted to start an online something or other community, an online Artemis community. There you go. Yeah. That's actually legitimate. Thank you. Where would I go? Engine.com for all your site hosting needs. How do you spell that? E-N-J-I-N dot C-O-M. Awesome. I'm glad we chose something respectable this time around. (laughs) We've already had our Makey bot on the toilet uh, um, community. I don't think it's doing very well, John. I shook no. my head when I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, folks, please do go out and support Ronald Jenkins. Um, he is at www.ronaldjenkins.com. His music is very, very cool. Support me. I am Star Gleep. You can find out how to contact me in the show notes. Um, Jimmy, who is not here, you can contact him. Uh, through his links in the show notes as well. Um, and Ace, I added your contact information back into the show notes. So Yay! You, you are represented. You are legitimate. Uh, John, where can the fine folks find you? You can find me at the only Jonto. That's like Tonto with a J. Mmm, space kimosabe. Oh, oh there God. we go. <laughs> you weren't supposed to say it. I was supposed to be able to be free of that for a week. Nope, never. <laughs> I got, got your back, Jimmy. <laughs> um. Oh, speaking of which, Sandy Gardner favorited one of my tweets. Whoa! Dude, really? Yeah. What did it was the actually say? a reply to her, so... <laughs> Oh well, that's wow. kind of cheating. Was still well, what was the what was the what was the tweet? What uh, was it about she was posting. It was a site that was like voting for best of Gamescom, and I, I replied know. to somebody that was like talking crap about it. So, so I, I had her back, and she she uh, had my back. So. Nice, nice. So we're pr- we're pretty much besties now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you better you better watch out. You're gonna get CR all jelly. I know, right? <laughs> Are they uh, married? Is that like what's the what's the deal there? What I I don't know. I don't. I heard that they are an item. I actually just heard that for the first time this weekend. I feel I, like I, I feel know. like because we don't ever see anything or hear anything about it. I feel like the community just resolved to shipping. Which now I'm curious. What is the CR and Sandy ship name? Hmm. I have never heard this before. You've never heard of shipping? I no, was... I've never heard of the Chris Roberts and Sandy Gardner thing. Yeah, I've heard mentions about it, like discussion and like references, but like 
clearly you never see it mentioned they never they never act affectionate like on the site or talk about each other affectionately on the show or anything or like any of the segments i guess that makes sense it's work it's work stuff but like i'm i'm like if they are a couple they sure don't seem to act like it no i would have never guessed Mm -hmm. well (sighs) sorry i brought it up if you want to email us about that you could do that at comms at versecast.org. Oh, no. You can join our Steam group at steamcommunity.com slash orgs slash versecast. Uh, at versecast is where you can follow us on Twitter. Make sure to use the hashtag TGWS and search for that hashtag uh, when you're looking for uh, cool those guys with ships related stuff. Um, robertspaceindustries.com slash org slash versecast is where you can join our organization as uh, quite a few have joined recently. We are those guys with ships. Anyone is welcome. Anyone and everyone. Versecast.org is our website. We got the mumble. We got the forums. Links to the podcast if you want to share it with a friend. Um, We're on Stitcher, Versecast, not Versecast, iTunes. Uh, And then we got just the RSS feed. Um, And if you want to leave us a review, just search for Versecast. On iTunes, um, there are also reviews on Stitcher, uh, which we check on occasion. I think we have one or two over there. In fact, I think we might have one that I forgot to tell Gleep about. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, we'll get it next week. Yes, we'll 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 get it in there. We'll get her done. Get her done. Get her done. All right. I think well, we're done. <laughs> sounds I like think it. We, we got her done. Until next time, then, we are Those Guys With Ships, and this has been our community podcast. See you later. Bye. Space lemmings. What? No one's going to tag that? What do you say to that? I don't think they're off the cliff. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.